Women, are you ready to shatter the glass ceiling once and for all? Well, then it's time to start your own business. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio. Today's theme is Divas Doing Business, advice for today's woman entrepreneur. Hey, I'm Daniel Laxton's. And this is Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show, and it's presented by 30careers.com. Be sure to visit 30careers.com and pick up the official book of the show, 30 Careers Before 30, Finding Your Dream Job Faster Than I Did by Daniel Laxton's, now available on all e-reader platforms. Today's special guest is Monique Hayward. If you have any questions, though, for our special guests, uh, maybe for the following week or maybe the next few weeks, please go to 30careers.com and you can leave a comment or question for that special guest. That's right, and we'll interact with them on the show. Or you can always tweet your questions to at Daniel Laxton's, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A-K-S-T-I-N-S, and have them read right here live on the podcast. So Monique is coming up in a few minutes, but what else is going to happen after we're finished interviewing Monique? Well, be sure to stick around after the interview for everybody's favorite college student, Micah Hackney. And his segment, Campus Connection, tapping the minds of today's college student. And then you can always go online and check us out on Overtime. Well, today's theme is Divas Doing Business, and that's advice for today's entrepreneurial women. Our special guest is Monique Howard. She's an author, a speaker, and she's an expert with more than 15 years in marketing, communications, public relations, business development, and entrepreneurship. She is a highly sought-after media contributor. She's appeared on CNN and a wide range of local and national media outlets, including The Oregonian, Denver Post, Entrepreneur, Black Enterprise, and Restaurant Startup and Growth. You may know her from her debut book, Divas Doing Business, What the Guidebooks Don't Tell You About Being a Woman Entrepreneur, which includes a foreword by Oscar-winning author Morgan Freeman, and she's going to tell us how she got that forward as well. Uh, Monique also was a winner in the 2008 Make Mine a Million Dollar Business, Portland Business Journal's 2009 40 Under 40, and Diversity MBA's 2010 Top 100 Under 50 Awards. We're so happy to have Monique. Monique, hey, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Daniel and Leah. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Looking forward to the conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we were really excited about having you on the show. Uh, Monique, we're looking over your profile, and boy, you have had a, a very successful career. You've enjoyed a, a long life of uh, success in high technology along with a restaurant that, business that you started and also, what, an application, mobile software application company. But um, now you wrote a book. But what inspired you to write this book, Divas Doing Business?, what the guidebooks don't tell you about being a woman entrepreneur. Well, yeah, as if I wasn't busy enough, I decided to <laughs> add writing a book to everything else that I do. <laughs> um, when I was going through the trials and tribulations of launching a restaurant business, and those entrepreneurs who are listening out there who have a restaurant business or who are considering a restaurant business know that that is a tough industry to be in. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of situations that I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis, and I felt that the traditional sources of information that entrepreneurs go after around, you know, financial advice, 
business planning, all those kinds of situations weren't really telling you exactly what the real deal was. And so I decided that if I wasn't able to find that information on my own, then other people were probably experiencing the same thing. Yeah. So I decided that I would go ahead and write the book, so to speak. That's, that's great. So you saw a need uh, for, for people to be more specific, and no one was in their books. Right, exactly. I think everybody tries to paint this picture of entrepreneurship around this grand business plan that you decide to lay out for yourself. And if you follow the steps and you go in a proper sequence and you do all the right things right, then success will come your way. But nobody ever tells you about those pitfalls. Nobody ever really explains in detail how you handle tough situations. If you get into a situation where you need to be a master negotiator about your rent with your landlord, for example, or if you get into um, an argument with a vendor about a bill, or if you have employees who are difficult to deal with, you know, there are all of these uh, situations that you encounter as an entrepreneur that you can find people who will explain things to you and people who will tell you different ways to go about solving those problems. But it's really tough to find people who will just give you the real deal and say, this is how it really goes down, and this is how you really handle these situations. Well, you know, we've seen a, a big increase in business ownership among women in the last few years. And so a lot of books have been written about the subject. But what makes your book, Divas Doing Business, different from some of the other books on the market for women entrepreneurs? Right. I'll tell you a couple things. One is that... Um, a lot of women who are looking at entrepreneurship are coming to it from a different vantage point than a lot of, you know, say, uh, males are coming to it. One, we are a lot of times fed up with corporate America, mm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, no, number two, we're looking for some work-life balance, right? We're probably at that stage where we have, you know, a family, we're managing a, a household, we're trying to also have a social life, we're trying to do a lot of different things. And um, entrepreneurship, in a lot of ways, is very flexible, as you two know, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can, you, you can build a lifestyle around your business that is more conducive to how you want to live your life. So uh, one way that my book is different than other books on the market is that I decided that I would go after other women entrepreneurs in various industries to contribute to my book and to help me tell my story. And I picked a range of folks. I have Pegine Echeverria, who is an author, a coach, and motivational speaker. And this woman is a hot Latina who is an amazing <laughs> – oh, yeah, she is an amazing businesswoman. And uh, she has a fantastic background and gets up on stages and tells people, you know, how to actually run their businesses and to really do a good job of managing their lives and to manage their businesses to success. Lisa Price, who is the founder of a company called Carol's Daughter, which is um, – a company that focuses on beauty and skincare products for women of color. And she is amazing. She was actually featured on Oprah, and she was also just a, a fantastic role model for me when I got an opportunity to meet her at a conference uh, several years ago, and she kind of took me under her wing uh, when I was starting my restaurant business a few years back. And so, you know, people like that, you know, who have fantastic stories to tell, they may not necessarily be, you know, household names. You know, I wanted to go after people who weren't known by their first names, right? Because mm -hmm. everybody knows the story of Oprah, Martha, <laughs> you uh, know, right. et cetera, right? And so I wanted to go after people who were moving and shaking in their industries and also making an impact on their companies and doing good things uh, for their communities and, and, and for their, 
you know, for, for their businesses in general. So you, you've uh, surrounded yourself with uh, brilliant people to help you tell your story. But here's one brilliant person, too, that I was wondering. Uh, how did you get Morgan Freeman to help uh, you in writing the forward to Divas Doing Business? Well, Morgan Freeman, and yes, for those who are listening, is the, the Morgan Freeman who you're thinking of, the fantastic Oscar-winning actor and an amazing person. He happens to be a good friend and mentor of mine. And um, I have met him along the way of my you know, business and entrepreneurial journey. And we connected because he also is an entrepreneur. People may not know this very widely, that Morgan Freeman actually owns a restaurant business himself, a couple wow. of them actually. Yeah, and, um, and he also has you know, several business interests, and he has a, a nonprofit organization that uh, he uh, founded several years ago. So he's definitely you know, sort of creating you know, a, a brand, if you will, around Morgan Freeman that extends beyond just his film and television career. That's splendid. Yeah, Thanks. and so how he came to write the forward to my book is that I just simply asked him. And what's really funny about that is that I agonize and agonize and agonize because I'm the kind of person that I don't really go to Morgan for everything that is possibly something that he could help me with, right? I mean, I, I use that connection, you know, very sparingly, and I want to go after it to to do something that would be very valuable in terms of his time as well as my time. And so, um, but I also you know, shouldn't be afraid, is what he told me, right, to, to ask him if I needed help. And so I told him about the book that I was writing and all of the experiences I was trying to bring to bear to help other women entrepreneurs through their business experience. And I said that, you know, it would be really nice if he could actually say a few words to open the book for me. And I agonized and agonized and agonized about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and when he said yes, and I told him how I agonized about it. He said, "Why did you do that? All you had to do was say, you know, all you had to do was say the word." That's funny. Yeah, and so he uh, he wrote a, a really nice piece, and um, it was really um, insightful for me to 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 see how Morgan views me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, "Wow, you know, he thinks I'm all that in a bag of chips." Fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, though. Yeah, that's really awesome. Well, you know, it sounds like you've assembled a really impressive lineup of the women entrepreneurs as contributors in the book, like the ones that you mentioned, from all these different industries. How did you select these contributors, and then how did you, I guess, approach them about participating in your project? I think it's similar to the story that I just told you about Morgan. A lot of people are willing to help if you just ask. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I wanted to do was to... Um, find people who were closely associated with the topics that I was trying to talk about. So, for example, um, I have a chapter in the book about marketing and how you really need to be a fearless promoter of yourself and your business. And so I found a woman who uh, has a business called Girl on the Go, and her name is Cheryl Cohen-Coons. And uh, her business is um, one that actually helps women who are cancer survivors with uh, fashion wigs. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and she actually left the financial services industry uh, to go and start this business because she had her own personal battle with cancer where she was in a position where she needed to have a wig because she lost a, a lot of her hair in the process going through the chemotherapy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she had a horrible experience in trying to get a wig. And so she channeled all of that spirit and all that energy into a business model to help women 
create you know, fantastic wigs for themselves so that they wouldn't have to go out to different shops and go and, and have this humiliating experience in trying to, you know, re, uh, get, get wigs for, for, for themselves. And, she, you know, she sort of put this personal selling model in place, a la Mary Kay or Tupperware or something like that. And it was a fantastic story, and I felt like, you know, people like that who, you know, are, are doing cool and interesting things and, you know, from a marketing standpoint, really had a fantastic story to tell. I wanted to bring those to, uh, to light. You're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest is Monique Hayward. She is a business guru uh, when it comes to uh, starting businesses. She is a woman entrepreneur, and she's also the author of Divas Doing Business. In your book, you mention you encourage other women entrepreneurs to assess very carefully their M factor when they're developing their business plan. What is this M factor? Sure. That's a little uh, interesting and fun little construct that I came up with to help women organize themselves around their priorities for their businesses. And it comes from various conversations that I've had with you know, uh, women over the years, my mom in particular, about getting real clear about where your priorities are. So my mom used to always tell my brother and me when we were growing up that you shouldn't do anything to jeopardize your ride or your roof, mm. right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you really do need to make sure that you yeah, have some place to live, right? <laughs> yeah, you really, you really need to make sure that you have some place to live, and you also need to make sure that if you have a job, that you got some way to get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so in that spirit, I came up with what I call the M factors. And that's basically what um, comes down to this. You need to look at your money. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you've got to make sure that you are real clear about where your money is, where you're going to get it, and how you're going to make it. The other thing that I uh, encourage women entrepreneurs to look at is their situation with their marriage and or motherhood. Right? Because, I was again, thinking maybe, the M might be mom. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely indeed. And then um, getting down to you know, some real brass tacks, your mortgage. Right? Again, uh-huh. you're riding your roof kind of concept, thinking about you, know, you don't want to do anything that's going to really jeopardize where you live mm-hmm. and how you live. And then um, the next one is what I call you know, your Mercedes, quote-unquote, or your motor vehicle. Again, going back to my mom with the ride and the roof concept. Nice. And then the final one is you know, your peace of mind, right? Because entrepreneurship is not easy. And for those of us who are in it and have been, understand that there are times when <laughs> you, know, you, you are to the point where you think you might just lose your mind. But mind is real, really important because if you're – if you're so stressed out, then you're not going to be able to perform your business anyway. So yeah. to keep to keep yourself to know that hey, I got to protect myself here, here, here. That's great. Right. Exactly. People have to understand that there is a mental impact, right? Because entrepreneurs are ideas people, right? We're always thinking, we're always contemplating, we're always strategizing, we're making decisions all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, even in our so-called downtime, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, peace of mind, where you know, you have to be sure that you are at your mental best when you are thinking about being an entrepreneur and launching a business and then eventually you know, growing that business to something that's going to be successful for you and your community. Mm-hmm. Would you say that when it comes to money, say if 
someone's worried that there's not going to be any money there to pay this bill or, you know, you got the two, the mortgage and the Mercedes and um, sometimes that's, even Lee and I have come across that if we're stressed out about money, they can get to our, our minds and even the marriage. What do you think about that? Precisely. That is the uh, those are that that combination of M factors that you just described was what drove me to close my restaurant business two years ago. Wow. Right, because it was putting too much strain on my money, too much strain on my marriage, and way too much strain on my peace of mind. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and and at that point I said, you know, I have to stop. Right, I have to stop. And there is no failure in making that decision. And I want to make that really clear to the listeners out there, that if you come to that crossroads, right, and it is time for you to walk away from a venture, time to walk away from a business, there is no failure in that. Because you will take those learnings and you will take that energy and you will take all of that capacity that you have and move it into the next venture and you will be a better person for it. Wow. Mm -hmm. What we always say is it's basically like a college or college education. You know, you may have spent a little money on a on a loss or broke even or whatever, but the education you get, you would have paid thousands for in college. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, indeed. I'm a much better manager in corporate America for my entrepreneurship activities and learnings. I'm a much better human being for having gone through that experience of you know, br bringing a restaurant business to the world and, and, and having those customers and having that experience and having those interactions with different suppliers and vendors and, and people who helped me with that. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, you know, at the top of my game from a business standpoint for having all of those experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk for a minute about raising capital. You know, in, in the book, you have a lengthy chapter that details what women entrepreneurs can anticipate when it comes to getting capital from banks, angel investors, other sources. But you advise readers to proceed with caution when pitching their businesses to potential investors since it is a male-dominated arena. And we know how guys are. Sometimes they just have one thing on their mind. So what's, hey. your, been, <laughs> what's <laughs> been your experience when seeking capital from these um, you know, male investors? Yeah, well, a couple things is that, you know, there are still the stereotypes out there, ladies, and you really just need to come to grips with that. When a banker sees you coming through the front door and you lay a business plan out, that person is very likely going to be a male on the other side of that desk and is going to have all kinds of preconceived notions about who you are, what you're capable of doing, and how much money he thinks that you have. Mm -hmm. so, so I think that's the first thing, right? And, and if, if you are not confident if you are not, you know, completely in control of your business and your business plan and what you're asking for, then people will take advantage of that and will, you know, sort of put you in your place, if you will, or at least try to put you in your place. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I, I always caution women that, you know, know your plan, know, know your business, know every detail from the inside out because you will get called out on it. Be very confident in your business and your business plan when you go in front of someone to pitch it. And I think secondly, um, I have had some experiences where I was pitching my business to people who didn't know me before I asked them for the money. And it got to be a little uncomfortable because it was very clear and very obvious that, you know, they're trying to trying to pick me up. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not trying to date you, dude. Yeah. I'm trying to just get some money. That's and right. Like, yeah. And I'm also married, right? So it's yeah. like, whoa, don't don't come rolling up. 
like you got this all wrong. And, and that was something that I honestly was not prepared for. I mean, I've been, you know, working in corporate America again, having a having a business, being a professional woman for many years, and I had never had that until I, you know, started down the path of, you know, searching for investment dollars and searching for, you know, uh, uh, capital to, to run my business appropriately. And next thing I know, all these folks are coming out the woodwork with like trying to roll up. I'm like, no, this is not well, right. With, so funny, with the right attorney, you could get free capital. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but in, the, in those situations, again, you just you get that backbone, right? And you just are confident and say, oh, wait a minute, that's not exactly what my expectation is here. This is my business. This is my plan. This is what I'm asking for. These are my numbers. Numbers. This is my spreadsheet that I'm willing to go uh, top to bottom with you on. And if you have anything else that you've got in mind, then you can go step someplace else. It's that simple. Or, That's right. or I'm going to get my loan through someplace else. Give my yeah, business. absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when you published your book, uh, you decided to go with the self-publishing uh, during yeah. that process. Why did you choose that instead of you know traditional publishing? Yeah, when I was writing this book, it was um, at the height of the financial crisis. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and the um, and the publishing industry was going through a lot of turmoil at the time. Still are actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and if you basically if you were not J.K. Rowling, you were not getting a book deal. <laughs> it was that simple. And so I have an agent, and she and I had a conversation about where my book was at that moment because it was pretty much finished and she was pitching it to different publishers to to get it uh to get it bought and um and we just decided that since i'm a marketing expert and um, i know how to get the word out about things and know how to you know promote myself and promote my business that'd probably be best to go ahead and self-publish it and start that way i like the way you uh, said that that you are a marketing expert because uh the one if you do self-publish you really it's a lot of work you really have to work your butt off to market it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and uh, and i had a marketing plan for my book so yeah for those of you who are considering self-publishing make sure you have a marketing plan for your book to support how you're going to get the word out and how you're going to get people to click on amazon.com to buy it yeah absolutely well, you know, you've you've done a lot in your life, like we've mentioned. You've been successful in so many different arenas. But we understand that you have a lot more that you want to accomplish out of your top 20 things to do before you die or bucket list. So what are a few of the items that you've done, and what do you have left to do? Well, my top 20 things to do before I die, and I had this list before Morgan's movie, The Bucket List, came out. So just <laughs> in the interest of full disclosure. <laughs> you know, I wasn't connecting it. That's good. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but um, it has things on it like, um, you know, travel to the world's greatest cities. And um, so I've got places like, you know, Beijing, China. Uh, Shanghai, China, London, uh, in in the UK, Rome, Italy, and a lot of those places I've been. And um, but I've got a few that I haven't been to, like Istanbul in Turkey. I really would like to go there. Um, Athens, Greece. If, if the Greeks could ever get their act together on their finances. Yeah. <laughs> my, Although we just had a friend go there, and he says it, it's not as unstable as you know as we get in our media here. Oh sure, yeah, because you know everything has to be sensational, right? That's exactly. Right. <laughs> And um, other things on the list include get published, which I've done, and uh, produce a TV show, which I've done, and uh, get paid to be a model. I've done that. Actually, one of my behave, baby. (laughs) Yeah, getting paid. So, um, in a previous life, uh, I was uh, a commercial model, 
And wow. uh, my, my big claim to fame was uh, a campaign that I did a few years ago for Goodwill Industries. Ah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that was really fun. And uh, so, you know, I've got, got a few things, though, that I'm still working on, like learn patience. That's number 20. Yeah. <laughs> still, still haven't quite gotten there yet. I'm, I'm very much a type A doer kind of girl, and uh, I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of foolishness. And I'm trying to learn in my old age here that I should probably slow it down a bit and, and let things happen. <laughs> well, let me know how that turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that, right? Yeah. I'm like, ah, we, I gave up on that a long time ago. So, <laughs> so we have a lot of uh, aspiring women entrepreneurs out there that are listening. Uh, what's a key message you want to deliver to them? I would say there are three things. Number one, make sure that you are ready and prepared to be an entrepreneur. Do that assessment of your life of where you are with your business ideas, where you are with your money, <laughs> where you are in your, uh, your broader life, your social circle, your family circle, all of that, because it's going to be an experience that's going to touch all aspects of your life. So you want to make sure that you are mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially prepared for that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the first thing that I would say. Beautiful. The second thing that I would say would be to um, get rid of the haters. Absolutely, get mm -hmm. rid of the get rid of the haters. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of all those people because ninety percent. <laughs> yeah, right. Ninety percent of people in this world get up and go do a job every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they are absolutely content, or may not necessarily be content, with collecting a paycheck. Right. Absolutely. And, and they don't. Uh, they don't mean to be haters, and they may not mean to be mean. But they're just a little jealous that you're doing this sometimes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So get rid of those people, or at least if you're not going to get rid of them, relegate them to their place in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to really help you, <laughs> right? They're not going to be the ones who are going to be in your corner when you really need it. And then that leads me to my third piece, which is have your, your, your confidants, your mentors, your, your advisors who can help you through those tough times. Because one of the things that I learned through the entrepreneurship experience is that I couldn't see everything myself if I'm in the middle of it. But if I have someone who I can talk to, if I have someone who can relate to my experience that I'm going through, it, it adds so much more perspective and gives you a way out of situations or problems or issues that you're trying to solve that you couldn't do otherwise on your own. Mm -hmm. So add someone to your team, uh, someone that's that's a cheerleader or someone that's a mentor. Or both. I think you have to have a combination of people. And those people may change over time, right? So I have in my, in my sort of advisory circle um, people who are CEOs of, of fairly large companies. I think um, you have to have... You know, those, those white guys who run big companies because they've got big picture perspective, right, that you don't necessarily have. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and, they, and they think big, and they, they operate on a bigger scale, and they operate on a bigger stage. And you can learn from that as an entrepreneur. The other type of person is, you know, fellow business owners like yourself, right, people who are going through the same experiences that you are. Then you have your cheerleaders. That, that's my mom. Right. Call my mom up and say, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time. She's like, girl, hang in there. Uh, <laughs> right? That's what we need. You know? Yeah. Got to have that cheerleader. Right. Mm. But then you also have to have a strategist, I think. Someone, again, who can really tell you how to actually get your way out of a situation that may not necessarily be apparent or obvious to you how to get it done. Mm 
Absolutely. It's good to have someone that, that is, um, well, a, a critical thinker, but not, not a critic. Or no, actually a good critic, but not a negative person, but someone that can actually uh, point out some things that maybe we need to, to adjust in our plan here or there. Right, precisely. And someone who's close enough to you who can give you that advice and but also give it to you in a way like you were saying that's constructive that's a critique and not necessarily tearing you down yeah mm. right well fantastic advice so you know we really appreciate you taking time out to come on the show and we want to ask you just lastly what are your future plans for your personal life and your business and how can people learn more about you and your book sure so first of all i have my own website it's simply monique hayward all one word dot com and uh, everything about me and my background and my book is there on the website. Um, right now, I actually have started a new venture with a friend of mine that focuses on uh, mobile phone applications. And we launched our first iPhone app a couple of months ago. And it's Ooh. called Pup Yeah, it's called Puppy <laughs> Kisses. So check it out on iTunes. Oh, Puppy Kisses. Yes, absolutely. And um, it, it's exactly how you would think. So definitely go to iTunes and check it out. We'd love to have uh, as many downloads as possible. That's <laughs> great. Absolutely. We'll check you, it out. Uh, uh, should people clean their iPhone first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then um, what's what's on tap for me uh, in the future here is that I'm thinking about how I'm going to make this next venture successful, and um, and then also thinking about um, how I can continue to get the word out about entrepreneurship and uh, and women in business. And I'm going to be uh, speaking at some conferences in the next couple of months and into next year. Uh, to continue to, to really hone in on specifically how you can promote yourself and promote your business uh, in a way that gets you noticed um, on, a, on a larger scale. That's, that's fantastic. That's excellent. You're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest has been Monique Hayward. She's the author of Divas Doing Business, What the Guidebooks Don't Tell You About Being a Woman Entrepreneur. We thank you so much, though, Monique, uh, for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. It's been really fun. Thank you. That was such a great show. It really was superb. It was. I was thinking, I mean, we haven't done this too too many times, you know, having a woman entrepreneur, just a specific show for women. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the response is to the show. Hey, if you like the show, please go to 30careers.com and leave us some feedback. But thank you so much for listening. Hey, what time is it? Well, it's that time of the week for everybody's favorite college student, Micah Hackney. Hey, Micah, what's going on? Things going great, guys. Great show so far. So something a little I want to talk about today was um, about the graduation. It's uh, actually it's today. It takes a sick. Oh, wow. So, of course, you know, they have graduation three times a year for the summer and the summer graduation, the May graduation. But, uh, you know, what's not, you know, people graduate and friends graduate made me think of, um, uh, you know, what people are going to do after they graduate. And it just has, a, you know, a few, um, a few personal tips that, uh, uh, you know, for example, it's really good to just go ahead and, like, finalize your resume. You know, of course, you're working on it through college, but, you know, once you graduate, just, you know, finally put the final pieces together, like your diploma on there and um, all your experience you gained through college, and you also send it out to potential employers. Oh, yeah, nice. Good idea. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, of course, you know, there's always a few students that, you know, don't 
uh, that, you know, want to stay in college forever. <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, so it's re- actually a really good idea. Uh, if you're not trying to immediately go out in the workforce is to, uh, you know, go to grad school. And, you know, that, that's, you know, that's just going to help you in the future uh, to be hired to a potential high-paying job and uh, allows you, um, you know, more freedom and specializing in the career you want to choose whenever you go to grad school. Hang on, are you trying to become a career college student? <laughs> I, um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but I, know, I mean, I know several people like that, you know, that have really been in college about eight or nine years. But, yeah, it's um, not a terrible thing either. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. isn't there some college programs now where you can get a grant to go to college, uh, meaning that, you know, it, when they go for their doctorate or what have you, I, I, we know yeah, people. absolutely. Yeah, and of I, course, whenever you know you're co- you come out of college, you're applying for these jobs. Whenever you land a new job, it's one thing that's really important is you know since you land a job, don't expect like oh man, I can go out and spend a uh, million dollars. <laughs> I mean, it's really good to live you know live within your means and uh, within your salary, and you know concentrate on you know I mean most college students come out of college on too many responsibilities, and so you know like get a small apartment and concentrate on paying off your student loans. Because, you know, on average, you know, the average college student has $30,000 of student loans by the time they get their bachelor's degree and graduate. Wow. So, you know, it's really important to just work on, you know, paying off those loans at first and not, uh, you know, living extravagant lifestyle. But what if someone wants to have, like, brand-new furniture? I mean, that's going to cost probably about four to $10,000 uh, to furnish that new apartment or house or something. What do they do about that? Well, you know, there's always Craigslist. That's right. It's smart. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of different options. I mean, just there's, you know, your parents. I, I mean, most of the time, families will help you out with the furniture, so on and so forth. Just you know, um, don't be too proud to do that because it's it's smarter than to put yourself more in debt. And the more in debt you are, exactly. the more stressed out you get, right? A lot of people just go and buy a brand new car. I mean, it's really like I'd rather just go ahead and concentrate on the first three or four years out of college, paying off my debt. Then you know, spending the next thirty years worrying about it. Smart. But um, oh, you know, also one good thing to do. Okay, right after you graduate college, you don't know what to do. You know what? That's the, one of the best times in your life to travel. Um, you know, save up some money. You know, save up some money, and then just you know, go traveling, and you know, it's good experience. Uh, you don't have any responsibilities as soon as you graduate. You don't have to worry about oh, uh, you gotta be back for. Um, uh, you'll be back for class or this and that. Um, you know, it's good to just travel, experience, uh, experience life, and you know, you never know. You might, uh, you know, you might end up going down to Brazil for the Olympics and liking it so much, uh, you get a job down there. <laughs> That's, That's <good>. right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, just a few, a uh, few tips I had that um, it's good for college graduates. You know, since uh, you know people are graduating all the time, and uh, and. Um, you know, uh, shout out to all the tech students today graduating. You know, it's a long road and a lot of work, but you know, it's worth it for the diploma. That's true. Great well, advice. We appreciate you, Micah. All right, thank you. Well, uh, I have to go get in the pool, so I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, <it> sounds good. <laughs> Bye. All right. Splendid show, my dear. Splendid. Yes, another great episode of Dream Job Radio. So you might be wondering what's coming up next week. Next week, we are going to be interviewing 
Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, of course, it seems like we're doing Entrepreneur Month again, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, you cannot miss this show. This one actually gives us the, the nuts and bolts from starting a business and running a business. All the things that you want to figure out uh, before starting a business, this information is going to save you a lot of money and time. Our special guest is Tom Anastasi. That's right. He is a Harvard double major, currently a professor, and has his very own book that's called The American Dream Done Right. So don't miss this exciting episode. So till next week, this is Daniel Laxton's. This is Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show. Presented by 30careers.com. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio.